Welcome into a brand new uh, Friday scramble. It is Friday, May 13th, 2022. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, it's Friday the 13th. Are you feeling spooky? Are you uh, are you staying inside? Are you afraid of what might happen if you go outside? Are you superstitious at all? Uh, I am superstitious about certain things, to be honest with you. Like a lot of sports betting things. I'm superstitious about like, you know, I really don't like when people tweet at me when my golfers are playing well on Thursday, like stuff like, you know, the like, don't talk to a pitcher when he's throwing a no hitter, like stuff like that. But in terms of like, I don't know, like Friday, the 13th stuff. No, not as much. What about you? Uh, I'm generally not superstitious at all. I knew a guy that uh, he was a big hockey fan. And mm-hmm. like he would, he would sit in the chair to watch his hockey team, and he like literally would not move if his go- if the goalie had not given up a goal yet, and he would not move from the <laughs> position he was in, not during commercial breaks, not to, during intermission, not to get up and go to the restroom. Is like he would not move until his goalie had given up. So if, if if your goalie pitches a shutout for like two and a half hours, this guy's stuck in the same position. Yeah, no, I would not say that I'm that (laughs) level. I do believe in like, like certain things like cosmic universal signs. Like there's certain times where I felt like, oh man, this all seems to be coming together. This is coinciding with something that's happening great in my life and something that's happening great in Xander's life. Like it all must be, it all must be coming together. I talk myself into stuff like that all the time, but it usually never comes to fruition. Uh, Well, let's turn our attention to what's going on at TPC Craig ranch here. And we are presented by prize picks. We'll get to uh, props here in just a few minutes. So the code you're looking for Rick, make sure you're ready to pop those props in there. Andy, uh, I think it is safe to say the course is gettable this morning. Basically four mm-hmm. shots under par uh, for the morning wave. And there are some, uh, there's some really low numbers out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing that I noticed too is, you know, this afternoon, it's really not, it's going to get a little bit windier, but not that much. So I would imagine that we're looking at the potential of a minus five, maybe minus six cut uh, this afternoon. And, you know, I think probably if you, what do you think the lead is tomorrow? 15 under, 16 under maybe, Rick? I mean, wow. Well, if Munoz shoots basically field average, uh, he might get to 16 under. Yeah. Now it's hard to back up a 60 with another like, is he going to gain three more strokes on the field? I don't know about that, but it could be very easily 16 under par. Sure, right. And I think you have to imagine there are a bunch of guys that haven't teed off yet that are at sixes and sevens. Probably one of them is going to shoot a 64, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it will be... Let me ask you this question. Do you... Uh, how much stock are you putting into something like this in terms of how it's helping you predict next week's PGA in terms of thinking about player. Like if I'll give you an example, two guys that are playing like it's already a major championship uh, is Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. Like, do you care that these guys couldn't make a million birdies and are probably going to miss the cut? 
Not really. I would. The biggest concern that I would have is if they did something drastically against their DNA. Like if Zalatoris lost five strokes on approach, I'd be like, that's a little bit scary. Not if he goes out and loses three putting and he just, you know, is, is one or two under par or three under par and doesn't make the cut. I don't care that much. I would be a little bit worried if they did something drastically off brand. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to throw a fun stat at you because now I've I've already started digging into the PGA. Last 15 winners of the PGA Championship, every single one of them made the cut in their prior start. 14 of the last 15 PGA Championship winners finished in the top 30 in their prior start. Can you guess the one guy who didn't over the last 15 years? Uh, was it Phil last year? No, because Phil yeah. was playing. A, was yeah. it Phil? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and even <laughs> Phil, Rick, even Phil, he was first round leader at his prior tournament. Right, and, I remember that. Yeah, and tenth after thirty six holes, and then faded. So, it's interesting. All these guys, by the way, too. Every single one of the guys, except Phil. Again, Phil just completely breaks everything. Top thirty in T to green the week before. So no fraudulence, right? You, you you have to be playing well. But I'm with you in the sense that if the ball striking numbers are there, I'm okay. And I also think that it's a little bit of a different circumstance this year because, you know, a lot of the time in the past, Rick, um, there was a WGC the week before um, a PGA right. Championship, like which was a little bit more similar scoring conditions to what you would expect that would kind of simulate more of a major championship feel, whereas this is like the complete opposite. Um, but I found it that to be interesting. While we've got a couple of guys who were popular this week, Zal Torres, Burns, Gooch, struggling, we've got Neiman near the top of the leaderboard. He's five under through 12. Jordan Spieth, four under through 11. Jay, uh, Justin Thomas, who uh, doesn't seem to be too thrilled about the state of his game right now. He's four under through 12 holes as well. So we do have some of the popular, some of the trendy guys heading into a major championship who are putting themselves in a position to contend this weekend. You know, I was watching the JT Spieth Scheffler group this morning. Spieth, you know, it's <laughs> it's so strange with Spieth. It's like once you get past the rehearsal, you you it's there's a lot of stuff to like, right? Like yeah, you can't the, you can't actually watch him watch him play. You just have to right. like check the score later. <laughs> right, exactly. Like if you can get your mind past the mental image of watching him do that wonky rehearsal. It seems to be coming together really nicely, Rick. I mean, the putter is finally starting uh, to take off a little bit more. He's driving the ball okay. I mean, this morning he hit a couple wayward drives, but for the most part, he's been driving it better than his typical baseline is over the past couple of years. So um, I he's on my radar. He's he's on my radar. I'm interested to see Rick how Hideki and DJ play this afternoon. You know, is this a situation where a guy like Hideki or or DJ, you know, I think, you know, it's possible they look at all these low scores and they're like, "Eh, we we're good. We're ready to rock. We got what we need." Like Southern Hills time, we tested things out. Um, so I'm interested to see how these, how it plays out for these guys over the rest of the weekend. The last thing I'll say about JT is 
I think it, I don't think JT's going to win, but it, he, I can tell he wants to win. This oh my God. He's, he's, yeah, he, he is boiling over. So, I mean, he, yeah, he wants it really bad. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if I see that level of stress and anxiety and pressure that, you know, DJ or Hideki or even Spieth or Scheffler seem to be putting on themselves this week. So it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Who do, of that group, who do, who do you think is the most likely to kind of be there on Sunday afternoon? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Spieth, I think is the guy, I think that he is just, so, so there's always questions about motivation a lot on the PGA tour, especially for the bigger players. We're talking about motivation all the time and where it often comes up is the week before a major championship and what the level of motivation is. Jordan Spieth for the entirety of his career has cared about every single shot that he's hit. Uh, the only exception was when him and Henrik Stenson were way out of it at the hero world challenge. And they were like messing around together over the course of like the last day or two. Other than that, he has cared about every shot he has ever hit, no matter what the moment is. And I still believe you're right. Like there's just, there's just so much ceiling left. I don't think he's even, I don't think he obviously didn't tap into it to win the heritage. He lost two and a half strokes putting. Uh, I, I just think there's a lot left there. Right. And he, I mean, he has a history of, I, I think he's, he's never won in Dallas before. Right. Like he, he's won a lot in Texas. I know yeah, he's, won he's won a lot in colonial Texas. bunch of, and obviously Valero in San Antonio, but I don't think he's ever won in Dallas. Da- I don't think he's ever won this tournament. Right. Uh, I don't think so. No, he's, he, yeah. he was the youngest. He was one of the youngest to ever make the cut at this event. Uh, right. like the youngest on the that. PGA tour to ever make a cut and he did it at this event, but I no, I don't believe he's ever won this event. Yeah. So I, I agree with you by the way, for the most part on Spieth. Um, and he has a history of playing great the week before majors too. So, so does JT for that, for that matter. Um, but yeah, Spieth has Spieth really tends to play well the week before these majors. So I'm with you. I would probably say, I think JT and Spieth will be there on Sunday. I think they will be there over the weekend. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would if I would take them to win based on their current odds, though. Have you made any bets for for next week yet? No, I have not. Have you? I made my first one yesterday. Okay, I, where are we I, going? Uh, I took Hideki at forty five to one. I like it because I said I just need to see. I just need like four healthy Hideki rounds this week. Like, just give me that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really care what he does because I think next week is is probably better for him. And he's been so great in 2022. I just needed to see something. And then when he <laughs> when he went out early and was like five under, I was like, holy crap! I better bet this now in case he wins this thing. Uh, I will. Pro- I mean, it'll probably reset, and you might be able to get a better number on on Hideki next week. But like, I I saw enough on Thursday. And I said, I said, let's go. I fired my first bet. What did you get? Like a 30, 45. What? Yeah. Circa baby. Circa's got the numbers. 45 oh to one. Gosh. Yeah. We may have to talk after the show. That. <laughs> um, yeah. So the thing I like about Hideki Rick is, um, so Perry Maxwell, the guy that designed Southern Hills, he was Alistair McKenzie's like 
biggest student. They actually did a bunch of work together. Maxwell had a lot of influence on Augustus Greens. Uh, they worked on a course called Crystal Downs together. They're from the same sort of school of architecture, right? And I think people are going to notice when they watch and see Southern Hills, there's a lot of Augusta in it. Um, there's a lot of undulation on these greens. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of pockets on these greens um, that resemble Augusta, a lot of short grass around the greens that kind of simulate some of the chipping situations that you get yourself into in Augusta. I mean, it, it's the biggest difference I would say is that there's some semi gnarly Bermuda rough. There's probably a little bit more emphasis on driving accuracy here than at Augusta, but in terms of the around the green shots that you're going to have to hit um, the putting, the way these, the Maxwell rolls, as they call it right. And the emphasis on iron play, I think it's a really, I think there's a lot to like there. I think there's a lot to like there in terms of a comp. I can't wait. Southern Hills is, it, it looks so good. It looks so good. I can't wait to uh, turn our attention to it, but we've got, we've got stuff to do here this week. We've got round two props coming up. The coach you're looking for Rick. There's a link in the description where we've got four props eyed up for round two guys that have not teed off yet. Obviously, we will get to those uh, after this quick word. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Angie, let's prop it like it's hot here. This is our prop segment brought to you by our friends slash enemies over at Prize Picks. And I mentioned it already. Uh, as of right now, the golf course, TPC Craig Ranch, is playing 3.8 strokes under par. There are only four holes. It's fluctuating. Basically, only four holes playing over par. And the hardest hole, number one, is 0.1 strokes over par so very very gettable right now and i'm looking at our our props in the outline uh obviously that is coming into our minds when we selected these right yeah i mean i it, it's tough to kind of figure out uh how much more difficult you think it's going to play in the afternoon because yesterday uh, the afternoon played almost a full stroke harder than the morning, but I think there was more of a, uh, more of a pronounced wind difference yesterday than today. So I'm still kind of riding with, uh, with the unders and expecting these guys to be able to go out and get the course. The first one that I started with, can I, can I jump into it or do you want to put it up? No, please the, do. Armina release the props. There we go. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Okay. So, <sighs> I've got a lot to say about about the state of Xander's game, just in general. <laughs> yeah, what's the state of the union here? What's the what's the yeah. state of Xander's game? <laughs> Listen, the panic meter. Um, it's we're watching it. We're monitoring the situation. Uh, but the thing I will say about Xander is, you know, the course is playing four strokes under par this morning, and they're asking him to shoot 
69. So I went with the under and Xander shot even par yesterday, uh, which I watched a lot of his round and that was about as bad as Xander could have played. He lost nearly three strokes putting. So if he puts to field average, uh, he should be able to fly under here, right? So he would have shot a 69 yesterday and even more difficult scoring conditions than what we have right now. So I think 69 felt a little bit too high on Xander, but man, I, I don't love, I, I, I don't love what I'm seeing heading into the PGA as much as I would have hoped, but I just think that number's too high. Yeah. Xander under 69. So again, if, if the course plays you know, 3.8, four strokes under par, uh, he, you could in theory lose a stroke to the field and, and push and push that. So, uh, not asking too much of Xander Shoffley. I'll, I'll contrast that with someone I am obviously excited about for the PGA championship in Hideki Matsuyama. I do worry about what you mentioned, which is like, okay, I, I got my, I got my good round in. Let me go get some more reps in this week or this today. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get to Southern Hills. But, uh, looking at the metrics, Hideki was pretty awesome yesterday. One of the best in approach. You gained three and a half or 3.8 strokes on approach. And he lost nearly a stroke and a half putting Andy, which there, there's kind of a nuance here. Like historically long-term Hideki has been a bad putter. Everybody knows that he's been a lot better recently. He's been a lot yeah. better in like 2022. So I like it would not be all that unusual in this calendar year for him to just putt to a zero for him to gain a stroke and a half. And again, if the course is playing four shots under, you're not really asking all that much from the current lines that these guys have set. Right. Bent grass too is, is the surface that you want that you want him on. Right. Um, that is, that is how he has, uh, how that has been his most successful surface over the years. So, I like that with Hideki. Uh, another guy that I kind of have somewhat of a similar worry with um, in terms of the motivation factor after having a good round is DJ. Uh, but again, I was looking at the numbers here and I just, they're asking him to go over 8.5 fairways today. Um, and that number just felt a little bit low to me. I did I couldn't really understand why, like Munoz and Kisner were 9.5 and DJ was 8.5. DJ hit the ball really, really well yesterday. And players are hitting like close to 70% of their fairways, nine fairways per round. So to me, this was a pretty easy over. Over eight and a half fairways for Dustin Johnson. I went over 12 and a half greens for Jason Day. I think we talked about this on Tuesday, Andy. If you watched Jason Day out of order, and you just watch all the shots that he hit in random order last week, you would have been, I think, pretty happy with the way he played. But because he got off to a hot start, faded on the weekend, it was, the perception was much different. And then also uh, played well. Played well, well-rounded golf on Thursday. And I was tracking his round. So here, here's what he did. He hit 12 greens yesterday. He had three on the fringe. And he had another two that missed by a yard. So you're talking about uh, five total greens that he missed by a combined like eight feet. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, he's not playing himself out of position off the tee. He's hitting it well enough. He probably got a little unlucky on greens yesterday. Uh, I'm taking the over this time around. I think 12 is basically like his floor. Do you think that 
like what would Jason Day need to do over the course of the rest of the week for you to have some interest in and at the PGA? Not even necessarily to bet, although I think you probably get him at like 75, 80 to one, something like that. But even just like as a DraftKings play, like, do you think that we see a resurgence at some point with Jason Day? Probably not to the point where he's the number one player in the world, but do you think he could right. be a top 20 guy again? No, but I think he could be like a top 35 guy. I don't know. I don't know what his, what his ranking is right now. I can find out. But there's just there's just so many good guys, right? So like right. that's that's the thing going again. Oh, he's 119th. So yeah. like the 20th ranked player in the world right now is Sungjae, who's like very very good at golf. And also, yeah. I guess I guess did you see this? He was playing that Korean PGA event and tested positive for COVID and withdrew. So now his status for next week, I guess, is up in the air. I did see that because you tweeted. Did you report that? Uh, I think I might've, yeah, I, I, I saw that, uh, on a, on a Korean golf. I had to use Google translate on that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, were, were you tracking Sungjae there for you? Had I was in- just looking at, yeah, I just knew it was like, okay. So it was like Wednesday night. So I knew that that was Thursday morning in Korea. And I just yeah. looked up the leaderboard to see if they had started yet. And I saw that he had withdrawn and then I Googled it and I found like a Korean, I don't even know what, I think it's just Korean news outlet. And then I hit, hit the old Google translate on it and was able to discover what had happened. Huh? Interesting. I'm not sure. You know, I know that they've changed a lot of the COVID protocols. I, I don't think it is as stringent as it used to be, but that'll be interesting to track. Do you think Day wins another major? No. I don't. But again, I, I would say that about a lot of guys that you would offer me. If you said, does so-and-so. But I, I think, okay, so so I think I am more bullish than I have just appeared, which is I just said, no, he cannot be a top 20 player. No, he cannot win a major championship. But he has, um, he has described more recently that he feels healthy. The back feels a lot that there was like a four year period where he could barely practice Andy because yeah. of the back, right. And he just put no time in practicing his, his advanced metrics have gotten much more consistent, which I think is, it, it is at least making me optimistic that he's getting the practice time in. Uh, he is healthier than he has been recently, but I mean, we've, we are, we are fairly far removed from the window of the seven wins in 18 starts or whatever it was. And you know, like we're, we're very far removed from that, but I think we are looking better than we have been, if that makes sense. Right. I agree. And I think a lot of it is similar to Spieth in another way where Sometimes it's better if you don't watch him play and just look at the numbers. Like yeah. I couldn't get there at all with him this week. Because I remember talking about this in my podcast. I just watched him and the announcers will kill him too. They're like, I, I've noticed this too. They'll be like, Jason Day is like grabbing his back. Like he's, you know, his swing has gotten a lot shorter. It doesn't look like he, he's got like this abbreviated, the swing's getting shorter and faster and all this stuff. And, 
you look at the numbers from last week and they were actually really good. And he rebounded really nicely from that 179. It was really one bad round and three really good ones. So I think with De- like he's kind of on my radar for next week, to be honest with you. I really like that golf course for him and just kind of in a vacuum. I think he is very well suited for major championship golf. Obviously, he's won a PGA before. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We're going to be monitoring the situation. He gained across the board uh, in round one. And so that's basically like what? Five out of six, like really good routes or it is, or four plus five, like four out of five, really good routes. Right. Yeah. Uh, over the last week and around. So yeah, I, I listen, you could, I, I don't, I, I guess I could go check what his price is on DraftKings. Uh, 75. I can check. Yeah. That's not, that's not bad. Um, We'll find out what that is in a second. Uh, Rick is the coach you're looking for over at Prize Pick. So it's Xander under 69 strokes, DJ over eight and a half fairways, Hideki under 68 and a half strokes, Jason Day over 12 and a half greens. And the chat has not told us that those lines have moved. So I'm assuming they are still very We're much available. So go and get those in. Uh, link in the description. Make your get your deposit match, and we will continue this conversation. Uh, we will talk about our one and done selections and I've got a few other nuggets for next week, uh, but we'll hit those on the other side. If you're not playing daily fantasy on prize picks, then you're not really playing daily fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick two to five players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. Okay, Andy. Now I'm stuck in the OWGR rankings. What do you think Bryson's ranking is? Uh, 22, 22. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. You're is a professional. You, you do this for a living. Is he playing next week? Uh, I believe that is TBD. Uh, yeah. he has been, he has been Instagramming his, uh, scab progress on his hand after the surgery and, uh, letting us know if he can hold a club or not. And, uh, as of like two days ago, there was quote, still a scab one, one scab left stopping him from holding a club. So if he does play, it seems like he will be going in very, very rusty. Uh, if all three of them play Bryson, Phil and, uh, tiger, who has the best finish? Who would you take? If you had to pick one of those to have the best finish, I am not optimistic about tiger, but I have to pick tiger, right? Phil, Phil, we have no idea what Phil has been up to. And he's probably, if he's been playing golf, it, it's probably not competitive PGA major championship level golf. Bryson maybe has not swung a golf club in multiple months, right? He withdrew from Saudi. He hasn't played since the master. So at least a month. Uh, I guess it's, I guess it's tiger. (laughs) Yeah. I'd maybe go 
Bryson for the ups because we just don't we don't know. And I I know that Bryson is still over the course of the past two years, year and a half, when healthy, a top twenty guy in the world, even sometimes a top ten guy in the world. Whereas Tiger hasn't been that in more closer to like five years, five six years. Um, but it's it's tough. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Phil is the uh, my expectations for. Are, the book comes out on Tuesday. Are you excited? Are you gonna Are you gonna get it? Um. Yes, I've pre-ordered it. I don't know how much I can say about this. Um. I've been privy to uh uh some some excerpts early. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't know how much I can't I can wait. Say. But yes, I cannot wait for the book to come out. It's insane. Yeah, I can't I've wait. Got so it, it I've dropped. got a copy that'll be on my doorstep uh, Tuesday. Okay, me too. I pre-ordered it too, so good. I'll have somebody to talk about it with. But yeah, yeah. I was listening to... Shipnuck did an interview the other day um, talking about it, and he was like, there was so much stuff that I picked up from Phil, like just like absolutely explosive stuff that I could, like I couldn't even use half of it because it was just like, it was, some of it was too ridiculous and, and kind of infringed upon like personal privacy and stuff like that. But if you think that, you know, the Saudi stuff is its own thing, but it's, it's kind of just the tip of the iceberg in terms of some of the stories that you're going to get. So I'll say probably most excited I've been for a buck in, in quite some time. Does, uh, does Phil play? Are, are like, are we going to see him next week? Um, if I had to make a bet, I would say no. Oh, I think I'm on the yes side. I don't feel comfortable about it, but I think I'm on the yes side. Yeah. I mean, so with major championships, so for a normal PGA tour event, Rick, Mm-hmm. The field comes out. They have usually the preliminary field on the websites, but then the official field is announced on t- on Friday afternoon, right? Is that still the case for majors too? No. Different. Because the qualification process is so uh, much longer. It, there's such a longer view of it. Like, like you're basically in the field until you're not, especially for Phil who is – uh, a, a major champion you know he he just has to say he's not going to show up and he could do that thursday but like he's in the field yeah uh, so 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 no that like the fact that we're we're through or about to be through friday like this friday five o'clock deadline today doesn't mean anything doesn't mean anything in, not in phil's case at least okay right and he's probably along the same lines as tiger where like with tiger at the masters, he it's like, Correct. I'm going to do this on my schedule. Like, I think he said like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a game time decision on like Friday or Saturday or something like that. Like Phil's going to, Phil's going to figure it out when he figures it out. Right. Like Phil has no, I think it probably could go. Maybe he'll say something over the weekend, but I'm not sure if I'd count on it. Right. Yeah, I do. I, I guess I guess it is um, interesting that he hasn't said anything yet. Yeah, but I, I think I think if you're Phil and you're looking at this and you have kind of just ruined your reputation over the course of the last year, 
Uh, and you are still, which I still believe he is going to go play in the Live Golf Invitational. So yeah. I, I, I think this oh, is definitely. a last hurrah, defend your title that you are deserving of defending and that no one is stopping you from playing. The only thing that is stopping you would be your willingness to answer questions because when you right. get there, it is going to be a circus and it's going to be a circus because you are going to be a, a, a the, the defending champion and you're going to be on the presser docket and you're going to and you are going to be asked uncomfortable questions. So if you are willing to spend Tuesday answering a lot of uncomfortable questions, you you can play the PGA championship and you can defend your title. If you were Phil's PR person, would you tell him to play? Yeah, man. Like, so crisis management wise, um, I would have Phil for, he's going to have to face it at some point. He's, he is like going to have to face the press at some point. And right. I don't think there's a better spot than being the defending champion and spinning every question into, I'm really excited to defend this title. This means so much to me. You know, the, the Saudi stuff, I obviously, mishandled the way that I've, that I've been mentioning. And it's just like, and do it like, ah, I think you just got to do it, man. Right. I mean, the only thing that I would say is, <laughs> I guess you're right. It's probably better to, cause he's going to play in the Saudi event. It, it seems like, right. And the, the first one is I think the week before the U S open. Right. So mm -hmm. say he doesn't play. And the next time that we see Phil is in the Saudi event, which when I say see, that's a loose term. I have no idea if this is going to be like streamed on livegolf.com or right. if we're going to be able to watch it. But <laughs> say the next time we conceivably would see Phil as the Saudi event. And then the next time that he would answer, have to answer real questions to like uh, mainstream golf media would be the U.S. Open. It's probably better to get some of these I mean, he's going to look like a hypocrite no matter what, because they're going to ask him this week about the Saudi stuff. And hopefully he's going to answer it the right way, but then he's going to play in that event and then have the U S open. Yeah. Like he could write, if he, if he does this before he could, he could say, Oh, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to play that, which could be a bunch of malarkey and he knows exactly what he's going to do, but at least he could just kick the cans down the road a little bit longer, but he is going to have to address it. And I, I believe I actually believe being the defending champion provides him some level of cover because he can, he can sure. spin every question back to, I'm so excited to be here for this, uh, you know, amazing championship that I'm honored to be the defending champion. Like he can spin everything back to that. Do you think that Phil, like in terms of on the course, like, do you think that Phil is the type of guy like Tiger where if, He's only going to tee it up if he genuinely believes that he has a chance to win. No. I would be shocked if Phil, I mean, his, he hasn't, I would be shocked if Phil genuinely believe because I don't think he wants to go out there and embarrass himself. Right. So I, I don't think he feels that same way, but also these guys aren't normal humans, Andy, like tiger sure. with a half a leg believes he can win golf tournaments. Phil, the hubris of Phil Mickelson <laughs> believes he can contend and win golf tournaments. So it's not, these guys aren't really human and, and normal thinkers when it comes to this. Yeah. You know, I think I would have felt 
a little bit better. Like if there was something and maybe it's still possible, right. Where, you know, it just didn't come out pictures of his Gulf stream or whatever, but you know, I, I would have felt better if I, if I saw like, um, you know, Phil make a trip to Southern Hills or something like that, because every great player has mm-hmm. done that. I would mm-hmm. assume obviously tiger included as well. Yeah. I mean, every, that is true that we, uh, and, and the tiger stuff was out in the open. There were, there were videos of him swinging off the first tee. There were, we, we would have known if Phil was there, I, I believe. Agreed. And we only saw that one. Did you see that one video that came out of Phil hitting a, a driver? No, when it came out. Came out, I think, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. He looked like he he put on some some pounds. He was, oh really? He was yeah. on the bright. He was on the Bryson protein shake diet. Yeah, but he was swinging really hard. So mm-hmm. I mean, at fifty years old, I it doesn't seem like he's. What if he comes back and he's like twenty five pounds heavier and he's just smoking the ball like he's just like oh I've been I've just been working out for the past couple of months. Don't worry about me. You know that was another thing shipping up talked about in that interview that he did it's like all there's all these rumors of like we've seen phil with like hair down to his shoulders and like a giant beard like hiding out at the yellowstone club in montana um i'm fascinated to i think that's probably um going to take over the week right and rightfully so is it's it's tiger and phil next week right yeah so tiger wise uh i kind of alluded to this I, you know, and we, I, I think we did a really good job assessing the way things were going to play out at Augusta National with Tiger. Um, I'm not nearly as optimistic, and and I'd like your thoughts on this. I mean, obviously he's won here, but the course has gone through a lot in the last 15 years. Uh, it's just a bigger, deeper field. Um, I, I wouldn't give him like the two-stroke advantage that I give him at Augusta National over everybody else. I, I just think. I, I'm much less optimistic this time around about Tiger's chances. Me too. You know, I think you got to throw 2007 out the window. This course is overgone and entire, not just stylistically, but in terms of the way you're going to have to navigate around this course, it's, it's completely different from 2007. Now, with that being said, you know, I've dived into the course a fair amount. I've played the course since the renovation. It's not, too, it's not too long for Tiger. You know, it's it's not a um, we're not talking about Kiowa Island or Torrey Pines. This is a more of a strategic and shot makers course. Um, there are actually a fair amount of shorter par fours here. Uh, a lot of the yardage comes on uh, these two super, super long par fives that are over. Yeah. That are over 630 yards that are going to be three shot holes for pretty much everyone anyway. So I I think wedge play is going to be a little bit more important and uh, a short game, of course, because there's so much short grass around the greens, right? So what that's going to do is it's going to repel balls 30, 40 yards down the hill. So you're going to be seeing players hit some very interesting recovery shots. Like all those types of things plays into Tiger's hands, right? But at the same time, at the same time, I just, I, you look through the field and it's like at the, you could make the argument that he's at the masters. He has to beat like 65, 70 guys. Yeah. He was like like the 70th best player in the masters field. Right. Like like at, at worst. And maybe he was the 49th. <laughs> right. Right. And now there are, th- 
there are 120 real guys, like real guys, like even guys that are like, like Cameron Young, just like guys that are talented and that you have to worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see, uh, speaking of the fives, so 13, the way they did the routing, I'm sure you saw this. You now have to tee off over 12 green, mm-hmm. which is going to, going to create, I feel like, some funny photos and videos and guys taking cover and communication errors between, hey, this guy's teeing off while I'm putting over here. Like, it, it's going to, something's going to happen in that situation. <laughs> yeah. The, the caddy actually pointed that out to us. Um, 12, by the way, is like maybe the greatest par four I've ever played. Uh, and it's just, it's such a great golf hole from, from start to finish and the back nine at, at Southern, it's going to be, I I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think that this is going to be the best tournament of the year. I think it's going to be the most, uh, I think it's going to be the best viewing experience for fans. I think for the nerdy architecture people, it's obviously it's going to be the best for those people. But I think even if you're not into that stuff, I think watching some of the shots that these guys, if the weather permits, right. If, if, if it plays on the firmer and faster side, um, I think it's going to be the best viewing experience of the entire year. The, it is not often that the third, fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth storyline is that a guy who needs uh, the victory to complete the career grand slam who just won two starts prior. Uh, Like that's like the seventh storyline. Jordan Spieth trying to add his name to a list of five other golfers in modern history, an unbelievable accomplishment. It would be so soon after a victory. And it's just like, uh, we'll get to that eventually. Like if he's in contention on Sunday uh, on the back nine, like that's when we'll start talking about the slam. Right. There's so many ones like that, Rick. Like, what do you think's a bigger story heading into the PGA? Like Scheffler or Spieth? Because if Scheffler wins the PGA, we're starting to talk, like he goes, you know, we're starting to talk about all sorts of records are just are crashing down with this guy. Yeah, but um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I assume we, like just from a, a, a frequency standpoint, we have seen more guys win five times in two major championships in a year than we have guys completing the career grand slam. I don't know. I like, I'd have to look it up, but also hundred percent. But when you win the first two legs of when you win the first two majors of the year, now you're talking about like the, like the real slam, like go win them all, go, go, go four for four. Uh, that would be, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the speed thing would be historically bigger, but, um, Dude, what's Scheffler? And and I still hear the Scheffler stuff being regarded as a heater, which I feel like is such a shame for him. I cannot stand that word in regards to Scotty Scheffler. I don't think that's fair at all. Um, I mean, it's just like a certain aspect of his game has improved, the putting and the short game, but he was piling up all of like he was a top 15 player in the world before he started winning, right? He was piling up all the Ryder Cup star, all these different things. Another interesting one to me, Rick. I again, I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but Morikawa, if he wins his third major before the age of twenty-five, I can't imagine there's more than three or four people that have done that. Does the guy even get a press conference this week? <laughs> I don't know, man. It is crazy, right? Like, there's just so much happening. There's so much happening um, 
on and off the golf course. It's crazy. Yeah. Good time does, to be like, in the business, I suppose. Does the like does um do you think the Oklahoma guys get a little bit more run? Like, do you think Hovland? Yeah, I which I yeah. always hate. That was very unlucky by Scotty Scheffler. He just hit a beauty into that uh, long, into that par five fifth, and the ball was tracking towards, like, to roll back onto the <laughs> green towards the cup, and it went in the uh, sprinkler head. <laughs> in the sprinkler head, yeah. Oh, uh, that's so unlucky. But I, I, I just, um, I hate. Okay, there are. I'm sorry. I love the PGA Tour. I love it more than anything. So I, when I'm critical of it, it's it's out of love. Um, the stories you always hear are the local guys and the guy on a last start of a major medical. Those are the two yeah. things they always want to tell you about, which I get. And they're good stories. But realistically, guys that are on the last start of a major medical who have not racked up their cart like they're not contending. They're not in the mix. They're just, they're just not. There's a reason why they're one start away from losing their card. And I, and I, and I get that that's interesting, but it's, it's kind of not. And then also the, Oh, this guy grew up 45 minutes down the road and his family's here. Yeah. Like, I don't really care about that either. By the way, I played on that Oklahoma golf trip. I played Southern Hills and the Oklahoma State course, Karsten Creek, in back-to-back days. It's like the difference between, like, New York and Philly. Like, they're not, like, right. like they're not, I'm sure that he played Southern Hills at some point over his time in Oklahoma State, but they're not, like, it's not Oklahoma State's, like, practice course, right? And they're very, very different golf courses, too. Like, you're if you go to Oklahoma State, you're not spending a lot of time in Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, all right, Andy, I want to get us out of here, but I got to talk about our, our one and done selections. I do want to look at the live odds real quick because I know people are, are tuning in for that as well. And they're 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 bopping around. So we're going to take a quick uh, 30 seconds. We'll hit that on the other side. I've recently started using Juice Reel as a way to track all my bets in real time. Since I can sync the app to all my sports books, I don't miss any wager. And I've learned a ton more about my betting habits. There are built-in line shopping features, so I know that I'm always getting the best lines available, and once the game starts, I can see the value of my bets fluctuate in real time with the scoring so that I always have an understanding of my expected value. The performance analytics have made me much more knowledgeable about the bets that I have the most success at, hint, top 10s, and there's no going back for me. Download the Juice Reel app with the link in the description. Okay, Andy, uh, let's do the Friday one-and-done update that always looks very, very favorable for me and never turns out that way, and we've got probably a similar situation here. Uh, Taylor Gooch, the man that you went with, is probably six shots out of the cut line, maybe seven, and you have not missed a cut this year, which is an incredible feat. That could be coming to an end unless Taylor Gooch gets on his horse and makes a run this afternoon. Mixed emotions about this one, Rick. On one hand, like, am I concerned about using Taylor Gooch? Like, do I, am I okay? If Taylor Gooch gets me $0 at the Byron Nelson, like, is that a season killer? No, it's not. I'm okay with that. But the cut made streak was something I was really proud of. It was yeah. something I was real. I wanted to see if I could go the entire year without missing a cut, but never winning and just kind of <laughs> death by a million paper cuts with you. Um, and that was fun. you know, show, 
show people that there's there's many different ways to win a one and done, right? You yeah. don't always have to get the big guys. It's it's a model of consistency here that we're building. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I would be very disappointed to see Gooch break that. He was like, God, he sh- he lost like it. He was terrible all across the board, right? There's nothing good about it. He was bad. He was bad. I watched a lot of it. He looked bad. He was frustrated. It was bad. He was all over the place. It was bad. And he's another Oklahoma State guy, popular long shot that I've already seen like a lot of hundred to one gooch tickets for for next week. I have I have Scotty Scheffler, who is uh, currently five under. Cut will be probably five or six under. He's just greenside in two on a par five. Uh I was feeling a lot better yesterday because he was five under yesterday and he made a triple at 13. Now he got all of that back and then some by birdieing 15, 16, 17, and 18 just here recently. Uh, but Andy, we do these updates every Friday and they always look good for me right now. Like I would be devastated if Scheffler missed the cut or. I mean, I I need I need that I need that Rory like make a couple birdies here and make a big run tomorrow finish T three, especially because it's Scheffler. Yeah, it's, a big, it's the guy it's who's, a, got, who's made a billion dollars this year, and I'm going to get thirty five grand. Right. With by the way, if it's any silver lining, I use Scotty Scheffler at the Amex where he finished T twenty five. So absolutely none of us got in on on the Scheffler party at all. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if you missing a cut from Scheffler stinks, it's, I would say it probably stinks more than Gooch. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Seb Munoz added his name to the 10 strokes gained uh, list yesterday. Gained over 10 strokes, the best round of the season. One of the best rounds uh, in the last couple of years, Andy, he's three to one over at Caesar Sportsbook to win this. Now, we talked about it. He's got, he's sitting at 12 under and uh, hasn't even teed off yet. Maybe he gets to 15, 16, 17. I don't know who, de- depends on how how well it goes this afternoon. How do you like the staying power of Seb Munoz at the top of the board? I like the staying power. I don't like the bet. I don't, I don't think you should be running to bet Sebastian Munoz at plus 300 to win the tournament, especially with, you know, all these guys, Spieth, Neiman are, are all kind of in the mix and playing great golf. Um, it was an incredible putting round wreck, but it's, he hit the ball really well as well. So, yes. I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better about the staying power, but I mean, three to one, that's gotta be a hard pass, right? Yeah. Neiman is, uh, he actually, I believe just made another birdie. So he's at 11 under. Oh, and as Spieth we expected, Beath has, has like 15 feet for Eagle. I think though. he just, he just chipped it up to two inches and tapped it in with his wedge. So he so made birdies. Scheffler chipping towards that same par five right now. All right. He'll and have like two feet left. Yeah. JT made like, a dumb bogey. Yeah, JT looks frustrated out there. Uh, as we expected, David Skins now out in the lead, uh, 13 under par, but Neiman two back. He is 10 to 1. JT 11 to 1. Mito, who hasn't teed off yet, is 14. If we scroll further down the board, and I can, I guess I can share my screen here, Andy, so you can see what I'm what I'm looking at. Let's try. David this. Skins is yeah. leading. Yeah, he's out front. Is there one thing you can tell me about David Skins? Like yes, just one first, random his thing. His first about David. name is David. <laughs> 
no he's not he's um he's from england i think or from uh right somewhere in the uk right and he's an older guy too i think i think he's like well for golf standards i think he's like kind of i think he's like a 38 year old journeyman that had a really great corn ferry tour season last year and got his card for the first time there are not many guys that i couldn't give you one thing about he is one that i could not give you one thing about yeah, that's the best I've got on skins right now. <laughs> uh, as we scroll through this, DJ 18 to 1, Hideki 20, they haven't teed off yet. Um, I mentioned the guys at the top, Neiman and Thomas and, and Mito. Is, is anything catching your attention here that you would actually pull the trigger on? Lonto at 50? Yeah, maybe Lonto at 50. You know, I'm still feeling pretty okay about the guys that are playing in the afternoon because, you know, I... I think the scoring conditions are going to be easier in the afternoon. Um, Kokrak is Kokrak has played. I mean, he's, he's just a guy that, um, you know, he's won twice in Texas. He's won twice on bent grass and he's actually been playing pretty well. He was, he was one of my big DraftKings guys this week. I think he'll stick around for the weekend, but I would wait for the board to, to mature just a little bit. There's nothing really, Big time popping out to me. I like Kokrak, but that's probably it. What about you? Yeah, I'm not super excited about much. That that Lonto number, the Kokrak one's not bad because he does have he has actually won tournaments uh here recently. That I wouldn't mind that. 35 to 1 or a flyer on um Lonto at 50. Here's Scotty, three feet ten inches for Birdie. Bang at home, six under par. Let's go, Scotty. Uh, I'm on David Skin's uh, PGA Tour profile page. Oh, boy. Um, favorite team as a kid, Manchester United. He would be a pilot if he did not play professional golf. He worked as a bartender in college. His mother, at, the at one time, was the number two ranked 100-meter sprinter in England. Wow. So he's got good genes, athletic family. There you go. That's what that's what the PGA Tour knows about David Skins, and now everyone knows that about David Skins. Andy, I think that's it, bud. We are going to um, obviously excited for next week. There is a lot of great, as you mentioned. This checks the boxes for the architecture nerds. It checks the box box for the people who show up four times a year. It checks the box for historical stuff with the grand slam checks the box with tiger slash film maybe like it it we got all the boxes bud i can't wait i absolutely can't wait and uh i'm just gonna i'm ex i'm so excited to write the uh course preview article i'm gonna get started on that today but i've got a ton of ton a ton of great nuggets i'm gonna try not Good. to get too too deep into the weeds but well because i was doing super, my own research for this week i was doing my own research and i kind of made some notes of like i wonder what andy would think about this <laughs> wwat what would andy think and i was like i can't wait to read uh read his breakdown because i'm excited oh yeah no it's gonna be a good one um but yeah can't wait second major of the year i've got high expectations um should be a blast. 
Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. Armina does all the hard work behind the scenes producing the show. Big thanks there. We will be back Tuesday, noon Eastern. Rick Run Good YouTube channel for the PGA Championship Tuesday Scramble. Catch you then.